0: we're trying to um, see what we are able to experience in Rosh Hashanah of a very good nature. Trying to explore that within ourselves and also to explore what might be sometimes holding us back and what that's all about. So we have a, a good source in the born from Chaim V'lazhin, that he was in very great Simcha at the time of Tzkiah Shoifar, because the nature of a coronation of a new king is that the country is in very great joy at the point of time. <laughs> and we also, every year, are essentially reenacting the coronation of Hashem as the king of the entire universe. Lashon is we are. So to speak. Karenating Hashem. In all the worlds. Because we are his nation. So it's tightly connected to. Our being Hashem's nation. That we are. The ones to. Engage in this Karenation. And. And. Uh, We have to ask ourselves, what is the basic cause of joy when a nation coronates the king? What is so joyous about that? And how does that apply to us and our relationship with Hashem? So it's something to think about for a moment. What is the real cause of the great ecstasy? at the coronation of a king? Is it just a matter of all the good benefits that is expected to come to the, the nation from the king's leadership and good dedication to his people? Is that the real essence of this great joy? Of course it has something to contribute but I imagine that in the best scenario, the best good situation, where the king is a truly exalted king. And it is essentially that connection that the people have with the king. And seeing him always in their heart and mind as their leader, as the person who they are going to be not just helped by, but inspired by, taught by, and that he is seeing them as worthy of being his nation, someone so way above them, but nevertheless giving them that connection to him. And we find sources in Chazal of this nature in the Ramchal, that Hashem and his humility is allowing us to have connection with him, and even beyond that, he is glorified through us. So when we are experiencing that great uplifted experience of having a king that is so so great. So exalted, so perfect in every way as Hashem is, it also carries with it, by definition, that Hashem is choosing us to be His, has chosen us to be His nation. So we are experiencing our own, truly, or reflection, a reflection, a, indication of our, innately, great nature. Uh, that we can be chosen and be given all that Hashem is giving us as his nation. And that's in the human experience that the king could see in the people that they can receive the really valuable good that he has to give to them. Not just material good, but that they will be able to learn from him and emulate him and truly follow his leadership. This is what Hashem has seen in Chal and it goes to the extent, as we have learned, as we know, that Hashem considers us to be worthy of His glory, to be defined as His primary glory on earth, or at least a primary aspect of His glory, to be what He takes to be in. Inscription on his crown. It says, Hashem wears Tfillin, it's a mushal, of course. And what does it say in Hashem is Amcha Israel. Hashem has as the source of his glory in the world, the Jewish nation. And the more asks, could it be that Hashem is glorified through his people? And the more answers yes, as the apostle indicates. We have glorified Hashem through our commitment to Him. And we continue to do that. So for us to feel the great joy that we can feel of having Hashem as our King and so close to us and that we are able to receive the good that He has to give, the truly great good, the eternal good, we can see in that that we are worthy of that, and worthy of being, essentially, his own glory in this world. So, of course, this is very, very lofty. In order to like be able to relate to it a little bit, we need to be able to find within ourselves that. Uh, We have that shirish we have that root we have that core connection within us that makes us worthy of being called Hashem's glory that makes us worthy of being chosen to be his nation and receive all the good that he wants to give so how do we do that So there is something that we can attempt, but uh, it's a little intense. And that is to try to ask ourselves, if we could truly accomplish something really great in our relationship with Hashem. But before we get to that, I want to pause on this and, and at the same time, explore something that um, we all experience in this time of year, approaching Rosh Hashanah. There's some kind of a lack of ease, some kind of a, like discomfort or some kind of anxiety. And I wonder what that's really all about. Is it essentially, because we're afraid of, you know, receiving a um, a difficult year. Let's let's follow that possibility for a moment. Let's imagine or like assume for ourselves that we're afraid that this there may maybe something decreed for us that's going to be very very difficult. Can we use that? Can we envision for ourselves that even if that would be in Hashem's plan, that we could be able to bear it? I'm, I'm afraid to, you know, suggest to envision anything like specific but if you're courageous enough, you can even go there. And then allow yourself to imagine what kind of a experience you might really be afraid of, naturally. And then ask yourself, is this something that if it would come, that we would be able to bear it? And if you want to discover the answer, I think there is a way that we could discover the answer. We could find within ourselves that we do have the capacity to bear it. Because if we ask ourselves could there be anything that would make it worthwhile? Would there be any purpose, any result, any need any critical cause that would empower us to be willing to undertake something very, very difficult. Let's say the preservation of mankind was at stake. Could we do it? And then we could find within ourselves that yes, we could we will be able to bear something very, very difficult for a goal that is so valuable, that is so beyond our own personal life, our own immediate life, that I think we can use that for whatever it might be that we could be afraid of, any particular life experience, we can we can know within ourselves, that Hashem's purpose in giving that to us is for a goal that is greater than (laughs) the preservation of the material life of mankind. Because for the eternal closeness to Hashem. So we would be willing to bear the greatest difficulty for the sake of saving the world, then we ourselves know about ourselves that we are viewed by the Torah as the entire world. And we know we're entrusted by Hashem with the mission of perfecting the entire world, starting with ourselves, and ourselves being adequate for that. We're supposed to know of ourselves that Hashem, the Torah, views us. We are to view ourselves as equal to the entire world existence as Adam was created as an individual. So we are entrusted with not just the material preservation of the entire world, but the spiritual redemption, the spiritual salvation, the spiritual achievement of that entire world, which supersedes anything and everything else. And that is greatly accomplished by our fulfilling the great mitzvah of Avas Hashem, of loving Hashem with whatever comes to us from Him. So we can take that, whatever we might be afraid of, which we're not even consciously aware of, but we can bring it to the surface and imagine for ourselves something that we might be the most afraid of and find within ourselves that we do have innately the capacity to bear it because it would be for a purpose that is greater than something that we, that we know of ourselves we'd be willing to bear it. We would bear it to save the entire universe. Well, our connection, our eternal connection to Hashem, even any part of that eternal connection supersedes the life of the universe. So if we can know that and we can affirm that within ourselves, so we can even utilize whatever we might be worried about to bring ourselves to the the greatest heights and discover that we have that capacity within us. We have that commitment to connection to Hashem, that desire for the connection to Hashem, that appreciation of the connection to Hashem, that it overtakes even very, very difficult worldly circumstances. Now, to put this into practice on a daily basis, that is, you know, quite a whole other achievement. But I just mean in concept, if we ask ourselves, is there something that we're afraid of that puts us ill at ease, we can answer to ourselves, I can bear it. I can undertake to bear it. I can accomplish right now the peak accomplishment because the the Hashem says we get credit as if we did it. And that's included in the daily Kriyashma of being the Hashem, and everything from Hashem. Calmly, honestly, sincerely. Whatever Hashem is sending to us, this is what He knows to be good has no other purpose. It can have no other purpose. And we can embrace it with that understanding, with that trust, with that belief, with that desire for connection that will come from that in, in a way that nothing else could produce. And we can have that already on Rosh Hashanah or on any given day. So then we can then find within us that we do have that that measure of understanding, that measure of appreciation of what is truly lasting and eternal, that measure of connection with Hashem that could empower us to bear even something that might otherwise be very frightening to us. We do have the power within us to, to, to embrace it, to bear it, to know that this is the method that Hashem is giving to us to connect to Him for eternity that perhaps supersedes anything else. So I want to ask <laughs> a follow-up question. After you do this, if you find a, you know a quiet, calm, time and place, and you discover that, yes, I could do it. And I could rejoice in being Hashem's beloved nation. But yet, I'm still not comfortable in Rosh Hashanah. So then I would say that what's making us not comfortable is probably not the fear of something unpleasant being decreed for us in Rosh Hashanah. Because that unpleasant decree, we have the capacity to bear because we know what we can achieve through it. That will be the the peak achievement that could be achieved and the ultimate good that will be produced as Hashem gave to us and trust to us. So we're not afraid of something difficult and unpleasant happening. If If we go through this, we find that we could bear it, we have that innate power, then why are we anxious and Rosh Hashanah? We have nothing to be afraid of. Whatever might come, we have the Karach of to bear, which is what Hashem sees in us, to be His beloved nation and to be glorified by Him. But yet we're still finding ourselves very possibly not not embracing Rosh Hashanah, not looking forward to it, not excited about it. Why should we not be excited about it? It's going to be a time for us to recognize Hashem as the King and us as His beloved nation and knowing that we have within us what makes us worthy to be His beloved nation. That's amazing. That's just being Mamish's tremendous simcha what is holding us back from that simha? Does this question make sense everybody's side? <laughs> I know it's a little complicated, but to make the long story short, I, I think it's, it's, it's fairly safe to take the position that it is not some difficult life experience that we're afraid might be decreed that's what's causing us to be ill at ease on Rosh Hashanah. I think it's something very different. If anybody wants to uh, take a shot at answering that, they're invited. <laughs> you know, I always like to get the encouragement of that we think alike. The only way I know for sure is if you say it to me before, But, you know, I don't mean to put, put anybody on the spot or under pressure, just welcome invitation. Maisha, it's a treat to get to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary is with us. I hope if we switch to 8.15, you'll still be able to pick up the recordings and, you know, keep in touch with me. If that's good. I be- can do that, but it's, you know, it's 3.15 in the morning here. You know, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna like, you know, put you under duress. But like I said, you know, you have my number, you can always contact me. There may be a benefit that'll be a little bit shorter, it's a little bit more manageable. So I wanna offer a suggestion of what really is at the essence of why we're not so comfortable in Russia. Hashanah. I think it's not, not what we're afraid may be decreed. It's just the experience that we are being judged That that is twofold. Number one, very simply, we are being judged. We're thinking about ourselves in terms of, "Am I okay? Am I good enough? How was Hashem looking at me?" And that's bringing up, either you know, very consciously or close to that, all that insecurity that we have about ourselves. Are we good enough? Does Hashem? Do we find favor in Hashem's eyes? And it's not a matter of what might be decreed for us. It's a matter of just, how does Hashem look at us? We're in, we're in the focus of Hashem's judgment. Oh, that itself is like frightening to our whole basic sense of ourself. Maybe Hashem is going to consider us not okay. Not just a matter of what we may have to experience. Maybe we'll be judged as unworthy in Hashem's eyes. And there can be another aspect to it. A more, even much more positive nature in the sense. That simply speaking, we relate to Hashem's judging us in a fashion where we are disconnected from Hashem. Hashem is the judge. We're the subject of the judgment and we're not together. The judge and the defendant are not working together. they are not on the same team. There's a defendant and there's a judge who's judging him that already creates division, that already creates disconnection. Even if we're not living with, you know, a very powerful sense of connection, but, you know, hopefully there's something basic in there that's manageable. Shem is on our side. He's helping us. You know, he's watching over us. All of a sudden, now he's judging us. The, the roles of judger and judge are not one of real good connection one to the other. And I think that might itself be a cause of a lot of discomfort. So we have to remind ourselves that even though these lashonas are used, there's never a moment that we're losing the closest connection to Hashem. And maybe a better way to think of it, even though this is not exactly the Marshall that, you know, we find in the L'Shonas and all the good places, is a doctor who's examining a patient and trying to see whether he needs any kind of intervention in the kind of a, you know, better approach for his overall health and welfare. And he needs to tell him, you know, what he's finding. Where the, the, per, the patient knows that the doctor is only there to care for him and help him. Like the Torah says, and it can be a very, a very, you know, careful examination. And maybe they'll be discovered some things that uh, he's going to have to get to work on to get back in order. Maybe he might need some surgery. But the experience of being checked out by the doctor is not going to be one that's going to be in itself. Um, in terms of relationship, a, uh, a divisionary one. It's not going to put him at odds with the doctor. So we have to be aware that um, this muscle can cause us to think of ourselves as disconnected from Hashem. And also can cause us to start to be, you know, once again, being anxious about our whole self-worth. But that's also okay. Because that helps us to get the awareness of that challenge out into the open then we can find a way to address that as well. And we can again ask ourselves, is there anything lacking in our self-worth in Hashem's eyes? And of course, the answer will be no. And if we have done anything to take us away from Hashem, it's fully in our power to bring ourselves back. Anything that we might have experienced or might need to experience to help us come back, is only going to be for our benefit. And the mere fact that we are worthy of being examined by Hashem, that itself is the peak honor that we could possibly imagine. Besides the fact that, of course, there's the concept of that the siphon mentions, that Hashem, even when he's judging, is also employing a chesed. And the Malacham asks, why don't we say Shira? And before he says, because when Hashem sees the class and needs it, it goes to Kisei rahm. So the answer is, but still it starts off with Chaim and Mason. the fun of it's an awesome moment. So it's not appropriate for shira. But the Malachim had a kasha. Why is it, Why why do we say Shoshana? So you know, their having also should be reckoned with. They see how much Racham Hashem was employing. So they thought that, that that also could be grounds for shira for saying saying Hala. So if we are finding in ourselves the thoughts of fear of not being worthy, we have to know, okay, here's the Ace of at work. That's his good job, he's fully empowered. That is a major challenge. And all those feelings that are coming up, those are just thoughts and feelings. They are not our true reality. We may, may, sometimes we mistake them for our true reality, and we get sucked in by them, overtaken by them. Okay. So now we know where the work is. The work is to identify those thoughts and feelings as just from the Eight Sahara. Let them run their course and return ourselves to the truth. What is the truth? We are the beloved nation of Ashem. <laughs> like I always say, we need the right mika to keep us in touch with it. So We have to just return to that fundamental source. We are being carefully seen by Hashem only for the sake of His purpose in the creation to give us the maximum good. There's no other purpose in anything that Hashem is doing except the purpose of the initial creation to bestow the maximum good that can can be bestowed. and we are worthy of being his nation and to coronate it. Of course, it's most powerful when it's many of us together, united, but every individual can see himself as worthy of that. I can encompass the world that Hashem has created for the sake of bestowing the greatest good. But what is the system? This is all part of the system, a reenactment of his, kingship every year rejoicing over it and ourselves as being the nation and worthy of being the nation and seeing that within ourselves that we have that core connection that's we can call upon of course to give our life and not cut ties but even to bear powerful experience which will be achieving in its Unmatched kind of way. I saw a letter from a Chaim Friedlander writing to someone who was in significant suffering. Said what, what you are accomplishing now in a short time is like equals a lifetime of Odessa Hashem. Through the Chizuk and Amuna through the learning, through the davening that you could do now, it's millions of times multiplied. So something that is truly challenging in a person in Hashem, that's the mitzvah. We have to that is, that is world-altering. That is without any question. So we could, we could find, we have them within us because we would do it for something less. We would do it just to save the world that's only a Gashmi world of course we would do it to save ourselves if we could realize that that's what's really all about that to to achieve Hashem's purpose and eternal goodness of course we do it for that so we have that power so why are we we all all worried because we're afraid Hashem is looking at us and we're projecting on Hashem all that you know not good self-image that we have within ourselves or from other people and it just all gets like, you know, revisited and resurfaced. So we have to be aware, okay, that's what's going on. Okay, let it go, let it go, let it go. Hashem is doing everything that he's doing with love, only for our sake, only for chesed. There's nothing else that Hashem is doing except Engaging in, bringing to the cloud Yisrael all the good that Hashem wants us to receive. And even if we messed up, here's the best part. It's left to be in the future Maram maybe. Even if we messed up, so we'll think to ourselves, oh, but I messed up. I did so many bad things. But oh, what did Chazal say about, about Tshuva? He reached a level higher than it's satik. So we could take everything, like we always say, take everything and flip it. <laughs> if I will feel bad about great mistakes that I made, I will now see them as that which will enable me to reach a higher level. And the says, because it's harder. So I made it harder for myself. It doesn't matter. Now that it's harder and I overcome the Sahara, I reach a higher level might say it's not fair Okay? <laughs> we don't know how to answer that. I'm sure <laughs> the tzaddikim my home. And that's trying so you know, do anything more than what Hashem wants. <laughs> but to, for the per- people who made it harder for themselves, okay? Ashreichem, ashreichem, ashreichem. Because now when we go over go every day Sahara, as best Hashem we will do when we do tshuva, then we're going to be reaching a higher level. The term of says because we need more protections, so it winds up further away from the hate. But anything that was negative in the past can all be utilized, can all be redeemed. Of course, Shuvim Yavar is Nasik as But besides that, besides Nasik as the Khuyas, that's not even the reason why it's, it's greater than Sadiq. Because an ongoing nature, it's going to be harder. So I'm going to be reaching a higher level. So there's nothing that should, uh, that that is of my absolute nature to get me down. But the bottom, bottom line, go ahead, Emesha, go ahead. Just have a, I don't know if it's off topic or just... um... How how does Revy approach the idea of or and mishin aschem? Oh, implied. Go ahead, go ahead. That there's this implied idea that uh, we're coming in, as uh, you know, people have been asleep all year, and that we need this wake up call. Isn't that mm. somewhat of an implication that we've automatically messed up and a little well, bit? That's, that's a know? great question. That's a great question. Um. Let's pose that question with regard to somebody who, it would seem to us, was quite well awake all year. You know, somebody who was on a very good high level. Do they have no place in Uri Sheni Mishinaseh? How are they going to use the shofar? Where says Will they say to themselves, "Oh, I'm left out of this because I haven't been sleeping all year long." Or will they be able to say, hmm, there's some places where I fall asleep. <laughs> Let's take the Rebbein Bachye, where he explains the mitzvah of tefillin as an ornament that the Kladishul is wearing to glorify ourselves. Like the Medrash says, Hashem said to Kladoshel, take the tefillin and wear it as a crown to remember Hashem saving us from its riot. Deva Asmoy like a king who's personally rescuing his daughter who was captured by his enemies. That is the mushal that we're supposed to utilize and preserve and like immortalize in our mind and our heart. we're supposed to place it on our head and by our heart, which are the source of all thoughts and the real root of all actions. So it's supposed to be our glory, this, this crowning glory, remembering, Hashem's love to us, Hashem's dedication to us, as the mushel represents of even the risk of life, which of course is impossible by Hashem himself, but going into Mitzrayim, into the Tum of Mitzrayim, to take Israel out as he promise, which is like a fantastic thing, even though we don't even understand that, but explained by the mushel the king rescuing his daughter, it's supposed to be worn as a crown, but worn where? On the places of thought and feeling that empower all actions. It means that we should be so in touch with this that all our thoughts and all our actions and reactions are being impacted, are being a representation of it, are being an expression of response to it, are being in, in, in line and sync with it. I am the one who Hashem has saved himself from its right, that he wants me to remember on a constant basis how much am I in touch with that am I in touch with as much as I could be maybe there's room to add a little more that's also a measure of a wake up how much do we forget like Masuda Shoram says to what a person should place his focus and his aspiration in everything he's doing so we have a long ways to go, you know, and that's <laughs> no condemnation, to get to the place of our, our focus, our aspiration, and all that we're doing to be on Chavasar Barlam. So to us, it could be, okay, let's try to find a way. Don't just give up. There could be a lot of things that, you know, we would like to connect with, would like to achieve would like to make part of our life that we've learned that are beautiful, that are inspiring but they're not yet incorporated and we may sort of like at some point like semi start to give up on it or like wonder can we really achieve it and there can be a place of like don't give up try to find try to find another way try to find the way so just to, to the follow up what, levels, <laughs> go ahead, Amisha, go ahead. But would, wouldn't that be just a little bit harsh to say that that's a, a version of sleep, meaning that a person can always improve and, and, and do a little bit better, but to say that if he doesn't accomplish that, that that's considered like he's sleeping. Is that a bit of a negative spin? Um, well, it wasn't intended like that, but I think you're right. That's not adequate to, to describe what the Raman calls, you know, the sleeping of uh, you have the lush in here, it says, um. Let's see how he says it. Who are these people that are sleeping? People who forget the truth due to the emptiness, empty things of the time. And they spend all their, all their years in emptiness that will not help, they'll not save. Look to your souls, improve your ways and your deeds. So it's essentially addressing people that their life is essentially focused on empty temporal things. They may give Hashem his place, they may give Hashem his due, but the primary focus, the predominant focus of their life is on things that are of not really valuable nature. Of course, if a person recognizes that everything in his life can be contributing in a positive way to be living the life of a truly spiritual person, then that will not apply to him. But someone who Hashem has his little corner, but the rest of my life is focused on materialism. That's that's the person who is being called. He's asleep. He's asleep from the truth. So I could hear that there could be levels within that. That you know, we're hopefully not in that category, but we're still not at the perhaps the place that we could reach. And of course, just the Shofar is not going to be enough. Just the Shofar Rosh Hashanah, or even Elul, is not going to be enough. We need to find something that can keep us alert, keep us awake. Something that touches our heart. We need to find that safer. Maybe also that naked, you know. Something that is going to keep us in a growth mode. In a way that's our mind and our heart is engaged. We cannot expect just to do the same thing over and over again and you know hope for something to kick in, you know, who knows when. We need to like sense that, oh, we are in this process. There is something that's that's giving us life in our spiritual existence. And even if it takes some searching and some good asking Hashem to help us to find it, we should pr- keep pursuing it. Sometimes, you know, something that in the past was a little bit out of reach now becomes more accessible. And some people will have learned safer art suffering at a young age, it was too beyond. A little bit older age it starts to be able to be meaningful to them, just as an example that I know about. And there can be other examples like that. So we should you know, continuously search and, and try to engage, and be open to learn from many good sources. I've recently re- uh, uh, learned to say for 19 letters from Rav Hirsch, and there are things there that are amazing, that are powerfully, uh, awakening shall we say he is calling for it in a very powerful way um, he's not giving us the full method to achieve it and that's safer but at least there you can see things there that oh my parish is telling me I need something more okay I should, I should consider that possibility so we're not like fixed in a mindset of like, I have everything I need, everything is good. <laughs> you know, if we're open to discover, oh, maybe there's something very new that I could find that I thought I understood before, and now will take on a very new meaning. So, uh, we should allow ourselves that. We should, we should want that. We should demand that for ourselves, to be in a, a live state. And, you know, the hope is that we could find maybe something that's primary, that gives us that inspiration and to keep on expanding it. Uh, I think Rav of uh, held very much of this. I think it may be based on someone earlier, I don't remember the source, quoted somebody just so sort of brought down that the tshuva has to come from the place where a person has a feeling for that mida for that area of Odis Hashem but he is naturally inclined to and that could help him to get started to like make an inroad and then so we have to find that which we can relate to within the framework of of Tarunia and then use that as the as the beachhead And we have to be okay with discovering that maybe before I really was asleep. (laughs) Not being afraid of that. Not being too harsh on ourselves. Okay, maybe I could have done better, maybe not. Probably I could. Okay, that's our charata. I probably could have done better. So why we've done silly things like I did before, I don't know anymore why. But it's the chaval that I didn't know what I know now earlier. And now let's go. Uh, I see you know, it sound like makes sense. It looks like it makes sense to you. Does anybody else hear something here? Who the Avi Gary. Eventually, I, had have, I had one question. Yes, please go right ahead. So to try to pick something that you have more of a like natia to or something that's easier for you to do in the yeah. process. So can you give an example of what you mean by that and like how true would play a role? and then something else um well wow. okay now uh. You're making me pause because I'm trying to find something that, you know, could spread. But here's a, here, here's a simple example. Here's a simple example. The Chavetz Chaim stresses very much the union of uh, carefulness in Lashnahara because he sees it as a inroad to many aspects of the Namlech Or another example, a famous example, is the quality of Emmets a person accepts for themselves to always be truthful. So then, you know, it'll be very hard to engage in uh, some kind of wrongful behavior in case I'll need to deny it. But I don't mean only as, you know, a prevention uh, to you know, uh, avoid detection, but um, just like something that is going to help me to be focusing at all times. Is this the right thing? Is, is it my... Is my judgment a true judgment about it? So, to find something that you know we can have a natural feeling for, that's very individualistic. Um, you know, the best case scenario is where something that you have a good natural feeling for, and it also spreads out to many areas. So let's say a person has an Atiyah, finds himself an Atiyah towards working on Bitachan. Chauas says that Bitachan is the thing that we need the most for Avodis Hashem and definitely spreads out to many, many areas. So that will be something that be, the learning of it will be enjoyable to him. He's interested in it, he has a, a real sort of good feeling about it. And then it will help in many ways. Um, you could take the example, you know, of Rav Miller, with the examination of seeing the Chesed Hashem in everything in the Bria. So someone who has, like he had, an it's towards that, then he'll be able to use that, you know, on an ongoing basis. Whatever he's looking at, it, he's seeing as, oh, another example of Hashem's wondrous kindness. So it will only take place in that, you know, during this half an hour of learning or contemplation, whatever it is during the day, but he'll be able to, but um, there could be, you know, many valuable qualities, personal qualities that a person could try to focus on. Let's say he's trying to focus on Recognizing his own true self-worth and not being pulled down by the negative self-image concepts. That will be something that will be very helpful in a lot of good ways.